Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week I play a game with one contestant who is guaranteed to win because they're the only person playing the game. It's very intuitive that way. Uh, I assign points throughout the game based on how much my guests' answers cheer me up specifically, and at the end, when they win, when, not if, they win a $100 donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice. Then, we each give a pep talk to someone or a group that we think needs it right now, because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. My guest today is a writer and a filmmaker, one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter, although she is uh, hibernating on Twitter right now. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Emily Yoshida. Thank you for having me. Uh, please don't mention my Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, sorry, don't mention my Twitter. <laughs> it's off the table. I do these little two-week, like, oh, what? Twitter? I don't have a Twitter type things. What have you been doing instead of tweeting and reading tweets? This sounds, I need to know. I recently got into perfumes. <laughs> okay. Tell me more about this. I can't even remember how I got here but i i discovered the world of perfume reviewing there's a there's a kind of semi respected book by this guy um or it's actually two people this guy Luca Turin and Tania Sanchez i think they're husband and wife mm-hmm. but they like have you know codified the world of perfume reviews and i like you know whatever i have a couple perfumes but i never really gave it much thought but in in a way it makes total sense cuz it's like oh i can't do all this other stuff like What's it like? I feel so sensorily deprived. What's a thing that I can think about again? You know, in the way that you know, I I can't go to movies anymore. I can't go out to restaurants. I can't have all these experiences. So like, let's get into perfumes, <laughs> but mostly just reading about them. So. Okay, I didn't know. I was I didn't know if you've like acquired a bunch of perfumes. I have. There yeah. are websites where you can acquire you know a zillion little vials of samples, so you don't mm-hmm. have to spend um, a ton of money on your perfume adventure. So I feel like. You know, I feel kind of like a mom who joins a wine club for the first time and is like learning <laughs> what a nose is and all these things. Like it's mm-hmm. very, you know, I I was I was spending the holidays just like going through every night and taking out one of my new samples and being like, now I shall smell my new smell. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> it's very nice. Well, this is a great time to jump into our game. Our game today is called The Prestige. I think it would be fun to win an Oscar. That's something about me. Also, award season this year has been kind of dilated, right? They like left the submission window open a little longer, like the awards are getting pushed a little later. So you're a filmmaker. I can think of no better guest to ask to slum it with me and hack our way to one quarter of an EGOT. So I'm going to ask you questions about the ultimate prestige film, the ones that are just like Oscar bait, designed to win awards, not to necessarily be great. I will score your answers based on their creativity, accuracy, and most importantly, how much they delight me. Emily Yoshida, are you ready to play The Prestige? I've never been more ready. This is perfect. Let's start right at the beginning. We're going to start not with the concept or, or an idea, really. We're going to start with a title. What is the title we can give this movie that will make it clear to viewers and prospective viewers that it deserves serious awards consideration? This won't be this award season, obviously. Like sure, it needs of course. To be. So let's say it's next award season. So we've had yeah. some time to ruminate on, you know, everything that's happened this, this mm-hmm. last year and everything. Yeah. And, and 
I think that one thing that will hold true no matter what, no matter what world events have taken place, is that the Oscars love movies about show business. True. That's just never going to go away. This has obviously been a very weird year for show business, not just movies, but live performance, music, all of the above. So, you know, before I get into the idea of it, no, I will please, just say yeah. that the, the, the title is, are you ready for this? Yeah. Audience. Fuck. <laughs> Very good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, damn. I mean, it makes you think. And it makes you feel. Yeah, it makes you feel and think. Yep. Um, both important. And, you know, it's just, what is, in 2022, when, when, when audience will be picking up its award, what is an audience? And they go, for audience. Emily Ishida and Josh Gondelman, and we pick up our trophies, and they're like, oh, they're, they're audience, but they're the creators. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just a, a robberous of, <laughs> of show business, of, of you know, presentation and mm-hmm. of observation. Yeah. Not since the dog from the artist won Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> Well, this is sort of, you know, hearkening back to the art. I think that, that the comp here is the artist, the success okay. of, you know, just like, let's just break it down to its bones. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah. Perfect. Audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a great answer. This answer's worth 100 points because 100 people is like the most I can imagine feeling comfortable with in an audience. In, <laughs> in, in, the, in the Kodak theater. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere, anytime yeah. in the future. Yeah. <laughs> the Kodak theater. Yeah. There's just a hundred people there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spread out with, you mm. know, standees in between them like they did for the Dodgers. It's going to be <laughs> surreal. And it, But the hundred people are like Nicole Kidman and like <laughs> Marisha <laughs> Lali, like Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> And then the rest of it is just standees of Nicole Kidman, but all yep. Nicole Kidman. All it's Nicole just Kidman. A whole room of Nicole Kidmans. Gosh. Nicole's Kidman. Um. <laughs> Nicole Kidsman? <laughs> Nicole Kidsman. <laughs> the plural of Nicole yes, Kidman. Exactly. Nicole Kidsman. <laughs> Perfect. 100 points. Moving along. Oh, this leads us directly into the next question. What heavy hitters are we casting in this film? What performers have the gravitas that we need for these awards? I, you know, I think that people are going to want something unexpected, and and I think somebody playing against type. So, again, um, we're kind of working backwards here, but I think that this is um, this is going to be Ryan Reynolds's year to go for the gold, um, to take the top prize. I think um, we're going to want to. I think. Seeing something serious and heavy-handed from him mm-hmm. is going to be a really unexpected twist on this yeah. award season. Kind uh, of an anti-Deadpool. Yes, yes. Everybody likes to see a goofy white man become a serious white man. This is the most <laughs> transcendental transformation that somebody can make in Hollywood. So God, It's just so beautiful. Just going in a silly white caterpillar, coming out an identical but somber white butterfly. Yes, yes. And just pale, pale, pale all the mm-hmm. way. And then, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds' character will will need a wife character. So sure. uh, I think I think that Rooney Mara is up to the challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm trying to keep a straight face here. No, I don't okay. know why that's so funny to me. I, I love, I'm a big fan of Rooney Mara. <laughs> I love the idea of Rooney Mara being up to the challenge of pretending to be married to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's got to be, this is going to be, um, this is this is a role for a long-suffering wife with a twist. Okay. 
I think I'm excited so. to hear and, it. And so I think that she could I think she could do it. Okay. My backup for the Ryan Reynolds role would be Sam Rockwell because he's just been, you know, I, I, I think he's just been in that pocket for a long time. And I think, you know, this is a role that is, does not involve him being racist or a Nazi or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I think I think let's get him a, a nice a nice man question mark role. <laughs> Perfect answers across the board. I think Rooney Mara would be would be great at pretending to be married to either of these men. <laughs> pretending to be very serious. I think 30 points for each of these. This is a 90-point answer for Char. Next question. This, I think this is going to be key. Give me the elevator pitch for the plot of this movie. What are we going to see? Right. I'm, so, I'm so glad you asked. So... <laughs> So in trying to figure out what the story of this movie would be, I, I had to do a little Googling, and I did a Google search for most inspiring stories of 2020. <laughs> uh, we've all been paying a lot of attention to the news, but there might have been some stories that passed you by. <laughs> some good news, as it were. <laughs> Wait, some good news? Is he gonna be, Is Ryan Reynolds going to be playing John Krasinski? I had that thought. Don't don't think that that was not on the board for a while. The true story of some good news starring John Krasinski as John Krasinski. Wow. You can give me some points for that, which has, you know, that's on the that's on the cutting room floor right now. Krasinski as Krasinski? You. Yeah, that's 25 points. Yeah, I mean, amazing, for a right? Krasinski? That's not my idea. So okay. I'm just letting you know that what I came up with is even better than that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, this is on a list on USA Today of uplifting stories from 2020. This is from June of 2020, June 23rd. Barcelona Opera opens for first concert since coronavirus shutdown with an audience of plants. That's the story that we're telling. This is going to be about this unconventional artist who plans this performance that's going to uplift his city to a bunch of plants. That's great. I love this. I I think there's so many so much room as you said for rich character actors, right? We've got the opera director who I imagine is Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. His his long-suffering yes. wife. Yes. Um or Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah, either or. Yeah. Then we've got we need a horticulturalist to get yeah. all the plants. I think Ron Perlman is up for the job for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I tooled around with having this just be about the guy who gets the plants for this concert, but then I thought that was a little too niche, and I think we need to focus on the performance and show business aspect of this. But I, I think, think you're the, right. the horticulturist has a big role to play. People are going to go bonkers. They're People gonna... are going to have plant fever. Plant you know how fever. everybody loves plants right now also? Yeah. Like, this is the marketing head, of, yep. you know, inside me, who's just saying, like, you know what everybody got really into during lockdown? And then, and then this one go-getter in the in the pitch meeting is like, sourdough! And he's like, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> sourdough. <laughs> Idiot. Who would give a concert for bread? That's not a thing. <laughs> I didn't even know it was about a concert. You said, what have people been into? Okay? I just was trying to, I thought you were asking, it's rhetorical. I know that now. All right. I mean, yeah, it's much more expensive. Well, actually, that's debatable. I don't know. Well, what are we going to do with all this bread? You know, the, the plants, <laughs> from a production standpoint, that's just silly. It's ridiculous. Silly. It's ridiculous. What are we, what are we going to do? Feed it to all the, the birds of Barcelona afterwards? <laughs> no, it's plants. It's that would plants. be really whimsical. That would itself become a good news story about the production of this mm-hmm. good news story. That's right. 
So it's just a, a Russian nesting doll of good news. Little documentary short called The Birds of Barcelona. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Amazing, amazing. No, that's that's actually in the story. This is what inspired this artist to, to, to do this is that is that literally he was like, in the first months of coronavirus, Barcelona was so silent and all I could hear was the sound of the birds and I just wanted to give a call. It was literally like nature is healing and he wanted to give yeah. a concert for nature. So It would have been so funny if he was like, so I filled the opera house with birds and my bosses <laughs> were like, fuck no. <laughs> it was absolutely a mess to clean up, but it worth it. It was chaos. Yeah, right. It was anarchy. Um, great. <laughs> this answer, well, we've already had 25 points for the Meta Krasinski <laughs> earlier. Right, right, And right. so this, ans- this answer is worth a total of 130 points. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. So 105 plus the previous one. Wow. Um, next question. Okay. What's the unconventional storytelling device we use that, that sets our movie apart? And people go, wow. <sighs> This was a hard one for me to figure out, and I'd love it if we could kind of workshop it that, here yeah, live. And you know, I'm willing to split the points with okay. you on I'll it take because half the points. this is a massive conflict of interest. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, when 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 this leaks, um, this, the scandal on the in from Quiz Show from the 21 has nothing on this. Scandal. Yeah, definitely. And it and it, it it also brings in you know the the academy like mm-hmm. this is this is not limited to the show and the point system oh, here yeah. but like a whole other voting body. Yeah, all the way to the top. Yeah. This is, you know, vertical, the most insidious form of vertical integration that I've it's ever terrible. seen. Anyway, uh, so I, I was thinking, I was like, what's what's the unconventional storytelling mode we can use? And I was like, can we tell, like, can we do, like, plant point of view? Mm-hmm. Plant, plant of, POV? POV. Plant, so it's still plant POV. Plant of view. Plant of view, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the acronym stays <laughs> the same, but it stands for a different thing. And I was like, can we turn... Uh, you know, technically inanimate object like mm-hmm. a plant into a character that we root for and care about. But I wasn't exactly sure how that would work and if that would translate to screen. So I don't know. What if I've got, I, I love what you're saying. What if we start, this film starts with like a five minute time lapse of seed to full size succulent? Oh, that's so yeah, and I think you know. Let let's not let's not try to do ta- time lapse. Let's let it play out. Let's real let time. It be the We're gonna go real time. time. Okay, yeah. Let's do real time. Um, I just All think right. that like it's reward. You know, it's like it's like television. This these long long term storytelling that like pays <laughs> off. Yeah, we've seen we've seen um, TV series right that people go. Actually, it's like a ten hour movie, but we have not seen a ten hour movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the idea it, this really takes the idea of like oh you know. Just wait till you get to the sixth season, and then it really picks up. Yep. But, like, you know, wait till you get to the sixth hour of the movie. And then it spreads a little leaf, and then Ron Perlman plucks it out of the ground. Exactly. And puts it in a pot, and then we're off to the races. And then, you know, two days later when you're watching the scene where, um, you know, with the final climactic moment with the concert, yeah. then you see that plant in the audience— and it's it's all the more moving because you know that journey that that plan. You know has it's been a story, through. right? Yeah, yeah. We've established it as a character. We know it's it's trials and tribulations. It's ups and downs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. This is incredible. I knew that we could figure it out. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing me in on the creative process. I feel like I have a much larger stake in the the creative structure and the the success of this film. 
I love it. That answer is worth 120 points. One for each minute of the first two hours of the real-time plant growing footage. After that, it gets kind of excessive. That's great. That's fair. That's totally fair. All right. Love I'm it. Just, we can't let this get out. <laughs> it, will, it will ruin the integrity of the show. This will be like the Tim Donahue refing scandal. People are going to be furious. People are going to be furious. They're not going to. They're not going to know. Not just with us and this collusion that's happening, but they're going to be furious at how yeah. long this movie is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to hate that. <laughs> Holy shit! They're going to hate it so much. But it's something to talk. It's all no such thing as bad publicity. Next question. Oh, okay. You've teased this already. I'm excited to hear about it. What happens in the big, dramatic, climactic scene that's shown in the little teaser before Best Picture is awarded? Maybe it's the scene that becomes a meme in the way that Adam Driver punching the wall in Marriage Story does. Just the one that people, the moment people remember. So there's a kind of third act, I wouldn't say twist per se. It's not that interesting. (laughs) Um, It's more just a, a hiccup. Okay, a third act hiccup. <laughs> every, every good Oscar contender needs a third act hiccup. It's a third act hiccup. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's in the, the screenwriting book, Burp the Cat. It's in Save, it's in Save the Cat, yeah. But uh, there's meant to be this, um, so Rod Perlman has been growing all these plants and gathering all these plants, and then yeah. I don't want to spoil it too much, but Ron Perlman dies. Um, oh, no. And it's the day of the concert. I'm not sure what he does. I don't want to get too morbid here, but uh, okay. <laughs> but we're still working it out. Yeah, they're ready to you know the the, the quartet is or the musicians are ready, and but there's no audience, and they're kind of almost back to where they started again. Right, and it's this big disaster. And he point he posts about it on social media, and then <laughs> it's you know the hours before the show's supposed to start, or maybe an hour before the show's supposed to start, and then the the door in the back of the opera hall opens, and um, an, an old, uh, I mean, one of the neighborhood old ladies, you know, maybe she runs a cafe or something, comes mm-hmm. in carrying a house plant and puts it down in a seat. And then we see all the people of the town coming in one by one, all wearing masks. Socially distant, yeah. Socially distant. We don't want to defeat the whole purpose of this endeavor. Yes, yeah. And and each one brings a plant to put in the in the audience. And, and Ryan Reynolds is watching this from behind the curtain or like from backstage. And he's, you see a single tear fall yeah. down his face. Yep. And you just see this image of a community coming together to support Ryan Reynolds's vision. And I think it's going to be a really, and then, yeah, it's going to be a really beautiful moment. And I think, and then we kind of have that big reveal shot where we we pull out and we see the full, you know, we see the money shot yeah. of that mm-hmm. theater filled with those plants. Filled with those freaking plants. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the denouement is all those plants at Ron Perlman's grave as credits roll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. And then, yeah, we can run, yeah, we can say it's in memoriam of somebody. We can make up somebody. <laughs> make up somebody that died. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could pick somebody dead. Well, here's the thing is that okay. I, I, this is um the other thing. This isn't, this isn't the thing that they run at the award show, but this this rolls before the end credits, which is yeah. that, you know, I think all of these based on a true story movies need to have that slideshow at the end where we see the actual people involved. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to take a lot of liberties with this. And I, yeah. again, I'm saying that we're not, we're not necessarily, you know, this is not Barcelona. This isn't this particular guy. Like we're going to, we're going to just have it be nice and vague so we can have fun with it. But I think we should, we should definitely show 
images at the end of the actual characters involved. But I think I think that, you know, if we don't get Sam Rockwell for this, we should have him be in the photos of the of So you're the saying actual. we stage the photos of the real thing yeah. that happened. Yes. And, and so it's it doesn't look like the movie, right? Yeah. It's not no, no, still no, 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 production no. Yeah. stills from the movie. Yeah. It's not real photos from this event in history. No. It's a, a second fabrication of this event in still photos. Yeah, I think we, I think we get, I think we get Sam Rockwell and um, Kate Mara. Kate Mara, yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you, Kate Mara, and um, uh, <laughs> let me think. And Robert De Niro, why not? Robert De Niro yeah, Robert, can play, but uh, he's in like de aging of. Yes, yes, yeah. And so we'll have the inner titles that be, will be like, you know, the real uh, er, Ernesto. So funny. Um, People, for a second time while watching this six to 12 hour movie, the audience, furious at us, thinks they're being pranked. No, they're going to be like, I didn't know that Sam Rockwell did that. This is incredible. I, wow, I was going to give this answer 70 points, but because of the second layer of drama and intrigue and construction, 140 points. Double it. Great. Yes. Yep. Double it. Amazing. Daily double. Daily double. There's mm-hmm. not always one on this podcast, but tonight I don't know one. the rules. I'm making them up as I go. <laughs> I'm so easily bullied. Anyone who listens to the show knows that if you're like, yeah, I would need more points for this, I'll be like, that sounds right. Yeah. So the daily double, it's, it's in effect. I feel really good about this. I'm kind of, I'm expecting a phone call once this airs. Um, yeah. It's like, hello, this is the most powerful person in show business. It's right. Zendaya. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play Rooney Mara. <laughs> I love the idea of playing real life Rooney Mara. My name's Zendaya. <laughs> my name's my name, my name, name Zendaya. Still Zendaya. I want to play real life Rooney Mara. Pretending to be married to Ryan Reynolds. That's how she describes it, the way we've talked about it. We're like, yeah, sh- are you sure? Ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to play real life Rooney Mara married to Ryan Reynolds. That was like four years ago? That tracks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to play real life Rooney Mara. By the way, Zendaya. You're doing Zendaya. Incredible. Uh, Final question. Since this is a cynical play for awards prestige, what is the backlash to this movie? Like, why are people like, wait a minute, this stinks, and here's why? Well, I mean, look, I know we're not setting this in Barcelona, and I'm not, we're not making it in the sky, but I just want to, you know, I just looked up some numbers. Uh, you know, as of today in Spain, there have been 2,111,782 confirmed cases of COVID-19 and 52,275 deaths, which is, you know, I mean, we're, we, we're not, I, as an American, we're not in a position maybe yet to do the uh, positive side of the feel-good lockdown. The kind of sure. Oscar, the Oscar bait version of Andrew Cuomo's stupid book. Yes, exactly. That's exactly the problem with this movie. And also, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a movie about a, a, a white guy, an artist, and I think that you know we're still not gonna. I think it's gonna feel a little bit tone deaf to do a movie about what a creative class, urban dwelling white man did to get through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's 
Uh, like like I said, though, we're going to start a conversation. We're going to start that's a conversation. That's what's important. That's what's important. <laughs> this is going to be trace billboards over Barcelona, <laughs> as Hillary, <laughs> Hilaria Baldwin would say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the pull quote on the poster is muy bueno. <laughs> and it's from Hilaria Baldwin. It's in the one review. It's the only five-star review. This is a great, a great answer. That is a five-star answer. Cinco estrellas. And each estrella, of course, is worth 50 points. So that is a 250-point answer in total. Tremendous work. Oh, my God. Amazing. What a victory. Oh my God, we haven't even made this thing. It's already a winner. A colossal (laughs) victory. That is the end of today's game of The Prestige. As our game concludes, your total score is 830 points, which is the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. How do you feel? I feel amazing. I feel like a winner. This is the closest I'm ever going to get to winning an Oscar, so this is really exciting. You are a winner. I believe in this. This is so terrific. Thank you for doing this. As a future Oscar winner and today's Make My Day champion, you win a $100 grand prize donation to the charity or aid cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? I would like to donate it to Mutual Aid Los Angeles. A great choice. That's that's so great. Mutual Aid Los Angeles, a wonderful choice. Finally, the pep talks. We each give a pep talk to someone or a group or a thing that we think need them this week. My pep talk, I'll go first. Mine is for background actors. Okay, so let's start with the good news. You're going to be in a movie. Here's the bad news, though. Your character is not named, nor do you have any lines. Here's the good news about the bad news. You cannot possibly ruin this. Take that thought in. Let it warm you like a mug of tea. Your performance could be so bad, and it won't be, but it could be. And at the very most, you'd be like an Easter egg for the film's superfans. Take a second and imagine being Tom Cruise. I'm sure you have before, but do it now through this lens. Tom Cruise makes so much money and has a life that the rest of us can barely envision. I don't know where he is now. I imagine it involves a jetpack. But every time he makes a movie, he feels the need to like cling to the rotor of a helicopter in flight or homebrew an antidote after he lets a real cobra bite his thigh. He really feels like he's got to bring it to make the movie good. Not you though. This is not your responsibility. So do your best and know that you're part of a bigger project alongside lots of talented and accomplished and hardworking people. And if you're looking in the wrong direction or your timing on that big fist pump is weird, you're not gonna make or break the movie. This story is not your story. It's just one chapter in your story. So give it your all and enjoy the rest of your life where no one debates publicly whether your career is over because the box office gross of a movie called Edge of Tomorrow isn't what they'd hoped. Emily, I would love to hear your pep talk, please. Right, this is going to be a little <clears throat> extemporaneous. <laughs> I love it. But I was, I did want to give a pep talk to, inspired by today's um, winner of the prestige, uh, I wanted to give a pep talk to uh, people who are bad at taking care of plants, mm. which I, you know, I, I would include myself among those. I'm still Me learning. Too. There's a lot of expectation during lockdown to be doing all sorts of different things, to take up different hobbies and to, you know, find your calling, whether it's in needlepoint or um, 
or uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Needlepoint. Needlepoint, crochet, the the gamut. Yeah, but I mean, I think that plants have been a particular thing that have been really foisted upon us as something that's supposed to make us feel good, that's supposed to be easy to take care of. Like if you can't um, handle being a parent uh, and you can't also handle being a dog parent and you can't also handle being a cat parent, (laughs) you can be a plant parent. That's a thing that people say and consider themselves. So what if you can't even be a plant parent? You're going to feel like you've really let yourself down, like you've let nature down. Um, <laughs> but I would I would encourage you, you know, like even, you know, I think the thing that makes me feel worse is that succulents are considered the easiest thing to take care of. Like you're supposed to be able to do it, you know, in your sleep. I've killed so many succulents in my life that I, I you know, I couldn't even count. So, you know, it can really feel like a failure, but I would encourage you to think about um, what else you're doing in your life that can maybe technically, at least in a game of 20 questions, be considered taking care of a plant. By which I mean, you know, is bread making a plant? Is bread a plant? It comes from a plant. If you can make a loaf of bread, also something I can't do, so I can't take any comfort <laughs> in this one, then then you have, um, you've made a plant. You've, uh, you're, good, you're good at plants, you've taken care of a plant. If you've knitted a pair of socks or a scarf, that, that's, a, that's a fiber. I think it actually comes from sheep. So maybe it's not a plant, but, but maybe it's a natural fiber. Maybe it's cotton. I think, I think that can cons- be considered plant care. And I think you've done a really good job at it. And if you're not good at any of these things, uh, maybe you've just like bought a shirt online. <laughs> and it's made of cotton or is a cotton blend. And, you know, you washed it once. You've taken care of a plant. So, you know, expand your definition of what a plant is so that you can expand your definition of what a plant parent is. And I think uh, you'll feel fulfilled. Um, that's my pep talk. I truly think this is going to resonate with so many people. <laughs> it just I resonated with me. Already- yeah, I felt it in my bones. I was away for a month and I came back to the most disp- depressing display in my in my house. And I was like, Jesus Christ, why can't I take care of anything? But I'm, I'm crawling my way back and they're not all dead. But, you yeah, know, you got I can this. do lots of other things too. Yeah, you bought a shirt. A podcast <laughs> is a plant, right? A, a podcast is a plant for your ears. Yes, exactly. We're all growing here. We're all growing. We've grown so much (laughs) under the watchful eye of Ryan Reynolds and his wife, Zendaya, (laughs) playing Rooney Mara. Exactly. (laughs) That's been the show. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This was Make My Day. Thank you so much to this week's guest and champion, Emily Yoshida. Emily, where can people find you and your work if people want to find it? (laughs) If people want to find it, uh... Uh, I am at on Twitter at Emily Oshita. That's kind of currently the only place I am. I'm taking a break for a while, but who knows? By the time this comes back, my will might have broken and I might be, you know, <laughs> tweeting angrily about Pixar movies again. So who knows? Perfect. And you directed, I mean, I think of how wonderful this is all the time, but the, the music video did for um, for Set 13 for Sadie. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was so much yeah. fun. I, I, I really hope to get to work with her again and and honestly do any music video like it again. It was so cool. Yeah. It was was so cool. I'll post that and some mutual aid network information and Emily's Twitter. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. 
executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. Thank you.